Look at the adjective. Play. Now is the franchise going to take the Viagra? Oh, going to put the butts in the seat. Hello there, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode number 67 of Because WCW, the podcast where the big boys play. We are part of the Hooks on Wrestling Podcast Network. Thank you so much taking the time and trouble to download us wherever you get your podcasts from oh, my name is the twisted genius Dean Ayers and I am joined as ever by my esteemed colleague the sports journalist Liam Happ good evening to you Liam oh, what is that what is it they say about uh, catchphrases in wrestling you repeat it over and over again and it will become a thing because fans are morons. Yeah, it'll be on a T-shirt. They might not actually Monday. say that last yeah. week. They probably don't say fans are morons. Unless they're backstage. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, it looks like I am very... I'm, I'm not boiled. I'm not oven-baked. I am esteemed. Ah, yep. I've, been, I've been called worse things. I, I'm doing good this evening. I've had a belated arrival of a package I've been waiting for since my birthday in late May. So basically, to, to bore you all the side story, my wife very kindly got me a Philadelphia Phillies baseball jersey that I've been coveting for a while. I've got a few in my collection, but this one is a nice grey silver. It's the, it's like the away one, and it, it does look handsome. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited to get my hands on it. And it arrived just before my birthday for her to wrap it up. And then I realised I'd given her the wrong size because I'm one of these guys where I flirt between large and extra large. So, and one thing I do need to write down so I remember is that when it comes to American sports apparel, and I do like to collect a lot of it, so I need to write this down. American sports apparel, yeah. large is fine. Extra large is very baggy on me. Certain t-shirts over here, I'm probably safer getting extra large. But yes, uh, so after a, a protracted situation of filing a, a request for a return and giving it to the post office and then it be apparently being in limbo for over a month with the couriers who are <laughs> delivering yeah. the new one to me yeah she Gemma said my wife she said that, um the first one took its sweet time coming she thought it might actually miss my birthday but it arrived just in time it was that long and then we've had a month long to get our hands on this and when i when i chased it up they blamed covid and i'm like well what's what's covid got to do with it sitting in your new york office for like over a month so i'm, I'm very i think just in general they're shit so <laughs> Fanatics, well, fanatics take, yeah, fanatics. They have great merchandise and their stuff. If you like American sports, there's stuff worth getting, but it takes ages to arrive. More British places need to get their hands on this stuff. Very true. Please. Very true. And and, uh, and talking of um, talking of catchphrases, uh, we are still on day whatever it may be of sort of lockdown. Yes. I mean, are we in lockdown? We're kind of, if you listen to this in Manchester or somewhere in parts of America, then you're on lockdown. But we are transitioning. I, 
we are transitioning into the second wave, the inevitable second wave. And what worries me is that our podcast doesn't actually make any money for any fat cats. So they're probably going to try and find a way to ban this as well. Oh, man. So if we can convince they, they, people... They can't. Yeah. Convince, convince people that we're making a CEO a millionaire with this somehow, and they'll let us do it even if we're right next to each other. Well, I mean, we, we could say that, you know, we don't pay any tax on the uh, earnings we make from Because WCW. I mean, that's because we don't make any money from Because WCW, but therefore, technically, true. we don't pay any tax. That that could help. And yes, listeners, I am still convincing Dean that we make no money here, so I can keep it all for myself. I didn't say anything, Dean. God damn it. Yeah, well, um, I uh, I actually had a bit of a day out. I left I left the house and went to a different town yesterday. I went to a wow, pick well, we your were. own farm. Wow. Yeah, went to went to a pick your own farm where social distancing isn't a problem because it's fucking massive, and uh, and you just get to pick loads and loads of fruit and veg fresh off the uh, trees, bushes, and whatever else they grow on. Um, I did, uh, I did, uh, laugh at one point. There was, there was a little boy, um, who, uh, probably just a little bit older than your daughter, I'd say. And he, we're, um, we're in these, uh, fields of, um, of cabbages, big, big cabbages sprouting off the ground. You've got to kind of just tread carefully in the little gaps between cabbages. And, uh, and this boy was there with his grandparents and we just walked past, uh, as he uh, stood in the middle of the cabbage field and starts crying, Nanny, help me, I can't get out. And um, he, I mean, he wasn't stuck because, yeah, he got in there, but it was just, I don't know why I just found it amusing of this image of a small child stuck in a field full of cabbages. But um, that was the highlight of my day. It was, that's, that's, that's how life has got now. Pussod's going to be having cabbage-based nightmares for years. Yep. Listen up, slap nuts. That's right. This is Jeff Jarrett, the chosen one, and you're listening to Because WCW. Now choke on that. So um, so yeah, we are we are on episode uh twenty-seven of Nitro, twenty-eight episode twenty-eight. Um, of Nitro. This one that we're looking at today is broadcast originally on March the 18th, 1996. Before I go any further, if I do start coughing or sneezing, I'm recording this in our kitchen and my, uh, my other half, just before we started recording, she decided she was going to wash the floor of the kitchen with, um, it's still here, this, uh, wild rhubarb scented uh non apparently non-toxic plant-based floor cleaner and christ alone knows what's in it but it's like getting right up my nostrils and i feel like i'm slowly being poisoned so um yeah if i start like if you if you just hear a slump on the floor that's me passing out from the fumes from this stuff come on suck it up and at least make it through this episode then go on the floor be a professional then yeah then die okay so um so yeah this is uh this is march 18th 1996 um and it is the go home episode before the first ever nitro uh, first ever nitro first ever uncensored i should say uh you're desperately trying to make me edit this aren't you you're desperately trying (laughs) i really am not i am just uh 
clearly off my face on floor cleaner fumes. Looking at the thumbnail for this episode, I think that might be the way to go, to be fair. <laughs> you might have the right yes, idea. Well, Get off your face before you watch this episode, if you are watching along with us, which you don't have to. But, but it's always good if you do. Now, just for uh, for full disclosure here, of course, if you um if you want to uh, listen to us covering Uncensored 1996, um, we have already covered that very early on. In fact, episode number nine, which was broadcast originally or released originally on the 7th of March 2018, and that was with our guest Paul Benson, who is of course the the man, the Godfather behind Hooked on Wrestling, our Overlord. Yeah, our, our, our ant overlord, indeed. <laughs> um, and that was that was well, it's quite the show. Let's just put it like that. It's quite the show. So, yeah. um, so yes, if you are watching this with us, then um, we're all set on zero 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 zero. It's fifty six minutes. This one. Yeah, this is the longest we've ever had. It, it, it might be, but are you sure you got with the zeros? Zero 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 six of them. Fair Count enough. them, Daddy. <laughs> right, are you ready? I, I'm definitely ready after that. I'm just re- it just made me think of Bill Alfonso with you can you can take that to the bank, Daddy. Ah, uh, what a what a great bloke Bill Alfonso was. Right, here we go. So we will press play in three, two, one, play. Cue burning buildings. There's buildings and they're burning. Wow, that it's escalated holding. quickly. It did. It really did. So, um, obviously, the first uh, first point of order on this episode is going to be, what the fuck is that poor dog wearing this week? As with every episode, it's becoming Watchalong's Art of the Opener. The art of how to abuse a dog. <laughs> oh, wow, we are not. Oh, no, we're that. not. We have got the giant beating the ever-loving piss out of Loch Ness. As we mentioned on the last watch-along, it kind of feels like we've skated past some of the falling out between this, but looking at Jimmy Hart cheering on the giant, it's safe to say that, yes, he's well and truly out of the dungeon of doom. But we don't know quite why. But we kind of know why behind the scenes. Didn't you say something during that uncensored episode we did about him... Not being able to fit through the, uh, <laughs> cage not being able door. to fit in the cage yes. door. Yeah. Now, if I remember correctly, this has been this has been memed at this moment because I can hear Lex Luger's music as these two fight. This has been a social me- media meme. This clip, hasn't it? Because here comes has Lex. It, but where he just walks past with his two belts, and Jimmy Hart is switching between cheering on the giant beating up Loch Ness and chewing on Lex, his other client, posing. Oh, Jimmy Hart's brilliant. Look at this. And Lex is just casually walking past. With a big cheesy grin on his face. Gotta love it. And I do believe that the uncensored match that came on the sun, the Sunday after this was um, was Loch Ness's last ever match in WCW, wasn't it? Yeah. In fact, pro- quite possibly his last, I think quite possibly his last ever wrestling match for Scott. This whole thing feels like them just like pulling the emergency break on the whole notion of signing him and pushing him. 
Well, the, the, you got to remember that at this point, he'd um, sadly been diagnosed with cancer um, or, or was being tested. And I think once he was once he was actually diagnosed with cancer, he then flew home to be treated in the UK. Fair enough. Um, oh, by the way, Dean, Loch Ness is his opponent. They had to quickly write him out. Yes, it was Lo- meant to be Loch Ness and Lex Luger. And Lex Luger's celebrating like he won the world title. Yeah. I and just realised during Jimmy all Hart of that. Leaping up and down. <laughs> that may be the best start to the show we've had in 28 episodes. That that was entertaining. Oh, no, he was just hugging Jimmy Hart and then he realised what he's doing. and yeah. tells Jimmy Sting Hart might to be get watching. Going. Yeah. Just in case Sting sees this, basically, don't hug me. <laughs> the whole but, thing uh, is it's glorious. It's a successful title defence for Lex Luger. Look at the big smile on his face there. He's overjoyed. I told you this story arc would be rewarding on these watch-alongs, and it is just a gift that keeps oh, yeah. on giving so far. Oh, and Luger's now coming up to the uh, broadcast desk. <laughs> am I on a roll or am I on a roll? The shortest title defence in WCW history. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He's peaking at the right time. He's <laughs> but Michael wouldn't high-five him. Heenan did. Heenan's loving it. That that was a great opening segment. <laughs> well, yeah, we we opened. We had a cold open for once. Yeah. And now we're at the broadcast desk. And the weird thing with that as well is, and it, it makes sense for them to do it because they have the crowd behind them. But basically, the, you could see them in their broadcast position while Loch Ness was getting beaten up there. But basically, they have their they're commentating with their backs to the action. It looks really weird when you see it like that. I know, but it's one of those things that always set them apart, similar to how TNA got some kudos for going with a six-sided ring. Just doing a few things a bit different to the other, to, to the established force, it, it just, it's nice. Ooh. And one of those things that people always remember about WCW is the Monday Nitro commentary booth. And another thing that I always missed was the walkway they had on and off throughout their run. That, that walkway ramp, they had it in the early 90s a lot. I think they went back to it for a little bit a couple of times. But on and off, WCW would have that walkway between the stage and the ring. I always loved that. Yeah, I always did. When you think about some of the matches we've covered, or the pay-per-views we've covered in recently, like Starcade 90 and Super Brawl 3, and, and and that ramp, you know, you can do plenty of stuff on that ramp. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to ask why Mean Gene has done such a lousy job of shilling the hotline, but it's actually Shiavone interviewing Hulk Hogan and Savage on, on the ramp. Yeah, that's unusual. Where is Mean Gene? Texas uh, the Tornado mega powers match are back. tonight. So, we've got this alliance to end Hulkamania, haven't we? Yeah, that match. God help us. Because all this... Call Hulk Hogan the dirtiest player in the game, brother. Hang on, wasn't that flair? To be fair, everyone already was given her this uh, virtuous babyface cheated 
so much in his matches. Hmm. I don't think Savage is on good stuff this week. No, he very rarely is when he has to share the uh, the mic with Hogan. It kind of, even True. if he has been on yeah. the good stuff, it kind of forces him to sober up. Yeah. Like when you have Christmas drinks with your boss. Yeah. You just can't get that drunk. Your subconscious doesn't allow you to. Yep. There's no stinking titles on the line, Liam. No, and there's no stinky, nasty that's giant. That's a good thing. No. He really doesn't hear what, himself what a great way. Time. He, he doesn't know. I mean, what a great way that is of selling your main event. It's not for any title. Fuck that. It's not that important. But by the pay-per-view anyway, it's meaningless. I mean, there's a way of doing that. There's a way of making a certain grudge match transcend championships. You can do that without saying there's no stinking titles on the line. Yes. There is a way of doing it, and that wasn't it. Mm. But yeah, we talk about the Hulk Hogan midlife crisis on these early Nitros, and this is very much a midlife crisis promo, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. So it's a Texas, Texas Tornado, tornado and tonight. Tuesday. And the Doomsday match is on Sunday. They weren't super clear with that. So. But <laughs> yeah, so the Tornado match tonight is Hogan and Savage v Sullivan and Flair. Oh, wow. I bet they make Flair do the job again. <laughs> so there's about 10 people waving their arms from side to side and some really lame rap music. I'm guessing the public enemy are about to make an appearance. Good old watered down public enemy, yeah. And I think this is a network dub. I'm not sure. It's not like their music would have been great shakes in WCW in the first place, but I think this is a uh, network dub, right? I, I can't remember what their music was, to be honest with you. But it does yeah, you're, sound you're like it's been on plastered on track. track. Yeah, yes, it does sound very generic. And that leads I me think off... they're going to get a table. Of course, they need a table. But it leads me off to a different question. Why would they go and fetch this table? Are there any WWE Network dubs of WCW theme tunes that actually work? And the only one that leaps to mind for me is, I've got to admit, I've kind of grown fond of DDP's Network dub, Diamond Dallas Page. Mm-hmm. When I hear that, I kind of yeah, just that's... accept it. It's not bad. It's, it's like when we uh, when we saw Beautiful Bobby and the Midnight Express having their their network dubs. It's just it's just all wrong. It doesn't feel right. Yeah, some of it's absolute guff. Jeff Jarrett's one isn't very good. Not many of them are good. But I don't. I think the DDP one's catchy. But I wish the Steiners were dubbed because now we've got to listen to Steinerized. Mm. Now, the question here, of course, is are the public enemy going to get the shit kicked out of them more or less than when they face the APA? Yeah, I think these two teams faced each other last year in ECW, didn't they? So it'd be a bit of familiarity. Oh, think, quite possibly, yeah. I, I stand to be corrected there, but I would, I would imagine they squared off in 95 ECW. 
quite possibly yeah like down in florida uh uh eric bischoff's just talking about wo- world whining entertainment did he actually say world whining entertainment yes he did i mean this this is seven years before they became wwe so he didn't say the world whining federation that's interesting well, that, that's what it said on my subtitles, anyway. I, I don't I wonder see if why they've actually entertainment and not subtitles. federation. Maybe they've even dubbed <laughs> the possible. subtitles. It's their fault it keeps saying mango. They want it to say mango. <laughs> Good old mango. Good old mango. So, uh... Oh, wow. Ted, Ted um, Rocco Rock reverses a tilt a world into a um into an an arm drag but then a second attempt just gets smacked into the canvas and uh, i say at this stage in his career scott steiner is well and truly on the uh nutritional plan and man he really did just uh smash uh rocco rock sideways (laughs) into the ground rather than putting him down properly or on the slam press slam there he ro- uh, yeah, he rolled out onto the table for a tease there, but no table broken yet. No. And uh, Rocco Rock slowing the pace down and makes the tag to Johnny Grunge. And I think Rick Stein is going to come in as well now. Yeah, those aren't boos. Yes, those is. are the crowd wanting Rick Steiner in. And it has to be yeah, said... Barking. He he has to be considered one of the most over tag team competitors of all time, because for many years the fans would bark until he tagged in. Mm. Bischoff's now talking about uh, Dennis Rodman being suspended. This is over a year before he would wrestle for WCW as well. Yeah. Don't be surprised if if Dennis Rodman doesn't hook it up with Hulk Hogan. Yeah, so, yeah. They're talking about their friendship. Yeah, and we know where that went. And it was very profitable, even yeah. if it was a bit of a car wreck at times. Yeah. And we've covered both Bash at the Beach, 97 and 98. We've seen Rodman in ring at its very best, at its most managed, and we've seen it at its most car wreck. <laughs> yes. I had a, a couple. Oh, I'm having a couple of split-second bufferings here now. I'm getting a bit worried about that. Oh, don't, don't. But you I did know, you see the bulldog Come on, on a, behave. Did you see the bulldog just on a bulldog on a chair? chair? That wasn't a folding <laughs> like chair. You. That was an actual chair that doesn't fold. Primary school chair, as you said. Yeah. Sitting on those at assembly. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Booker T and Sting against uh, the Road Warriors in a Chicago street fight. Because Luger second rope moonsault from Rocco Rock. Yeah, that moonsault did not connect. No, but very nicely covered on the commentary by Bischoff. He said a headbutt to the solar plexus (laughs) off of that moonsault. 
still still a decade or so removed from John Cena. He didn't get all of it every week. Yeah. And um, Rocco Rock goes up to the top rope and this time gets caught by Rick Steiner in a power slam and now Scott's in. It's uh, and, uh, old Rocco and shoe Rock, ugly. The punch bag of this match is... Yeah, yeah he's, the pun- he's the punch bag of this match. He's... Uh, He's just getting bounced around top rope, kind of uh, uh, suplex. And, and yeah, you're absolutely right. Bowling shoe ugly is the phrase. It's just four guys doing stuff, but the crowd is still into it. Oh, wow. Yeah, because, wow. Springboard moonsault off the middle rope from Rocco Rock. It looked for a moment like he could end badly, but he did stick the landing, thankfully. Mm. The match is kind of like Public Enemy are doing all of their moves and showing everything they can do, and some of them are hitting and some of them are getting countered. Yeah, you, you guys behind the curtain in the industry, you do call that a get get my shit in scenario, don't you? It's, it's often yeah, yeah, laughed this, at uh, by the boys in the back. Yeah, this is clearly them trying to get all of their their moves in before they do the obvious job, basically. At least the Steiners are culprating. It could be so much worse. Oh, it could be, couldn't it? So, uh, Johnny Grunge trying to go for a superplex, but it's blocked by Scott Steiner, uh, who then dumps Johnny Grunge face first on the canvas, but then Rocco Rock has just cut him off. Both men are down. This feels like it should have been over by now. Yeah. We do get a few of these matches on Nitro that you think, well, it's not great, but a few minutes sprint, it serves its purpose. But this one is starting to, like some others, outstay its welcome. We had that with uh, Duggan Mm. and the Giant, didn't we, recently? Oh, yeah. Well, that was a backdrop for the angle with Brian Pillman as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Which only needed 30 seconds, really. But it looks like we're going to get the table True. in a minute. Rick Steiner's been laid on the table. Yeah, it looks like Rocco Rock is uh, going up to the top. But Rick Steiner's already moving off. And Rocco Rock's basically put himself through the table. Well, he had help. Scott Steiner pulled him off. And yeah, if you're going to do a thing where you run the ropes and jump over, you... Your window for realizing that you need to pull the brakes is is very small. Doomsday ball. And here we up. go. Yeah, we're setting up. Here we go. I mean, the crowd have been into this, to be fair. But yeah. Yes. After making their return in a match against the Road Warriors, in which the Road Warriors seemed to turn a heel, and the Steiners complained about them like the Road Warriors were now heels, and then the Road Warriors acted like baby faces as lumberjacks later on anyway, uh, the Steiners oh, yeah. have regained their momentum. But yeah, that that long-winded monologue sums it all up, really. It's a bit of a mess with the Warriors. 
Yeah, I was trying to work out what Rick Steiner was saying to the camera there. He said, I couldn't make a head nor tail of it. And yeah. uh, the guy doing the subtitles didn't bother <laughs> to uh, try and even translate it either. He said, we're afraid of no man and no beast and all you were doing was a bit of potatoes. Thanks. That was a bit I missed. Yeah. Yeah. Something about putting Tabasco sauce on like potatoes. <laughs> Going through a table like that, right? If you hit the move, mm. you would still be going through a table like that, just with a bloke sandwiching between you and the table. I I don't know how it's the old wrestling selling thing, isn't it? Like if you miss a drop kick, you sell it, but if you land a drop kick, you're still taking the same kind of bump onto off the off the move. But tables as a weapon in wrestling have always had the same struggles with logic as say Irish whips forcing you to run back and to be honest I've mm. always found it easier to try to explain away the sequence of an Irish whip than I have the tables to be fair well to be fair if you run if you run hard into a set of ropes there is an element of spring back obviously not to that degree but you do get a little bit of a bounce off of it you do get a little yeah you know, like pushing like pushing off the side of a swimming pool with your legs you know yeah that sort of thing because but, uh, if if someone anyway, here... no, go on. <laughs> no no go for it i was just going to say if someone irish whips you into the ropes and you just think no i don't have to run you're probably going to stop and then get put in a rear naked choke or you're going to turn around into a punch you kind of have to go with it to give yourself the best chance of making sure the sequence goes your way. Yeah. That makes sense. Hey, what I was going to say was, here comes Arn Anderson. No, that you should have said, here all, comes Woman. My, uh... And Arn Anderson said so. Uh, I was, I was going to say, here comes Arn Anderson, accompanied by... Woman. Here comes woman, and Arn Anderson's there for a wrestling match or something, I guess. But yeah, this is Arn so Anderson versus the Booty Ar- Man. Oh Christ! Now let's see the crowd. I want to see if anyone <laughs> is giving even half a shit for this. This is also an entrance theme. I wish they dubbed. I don't know what this is. Look at that crowd. If you've ever seen a more blatant display of total indifference, please tell me. And they've already subbed um, the booty man in for Johnny B. Bad, the way they're talking about the DDP match for Uncensored. Uh, So, yeah, Mm -hmm. Saturday night or somewhere is clearly still getting the lion's share of the storyline developments. That will soon change. Thankfully, because because this is where um this is where Johnny B Bad has left, hasn't he? To go they to referenced WWF that well, either the last week or two weeks before. Yeah, he it was hmm. Bischoff was slating Johnny B Bad on the last Nitro, maybe before that. And they're still and they're still talking about four K. Yeah, match. I was just gonna say. So I don't get that. I don't. I don't know what the situation is there. Maybe um, Hulk Hogan had brought his pet hamster along. Yeah, and they're also, they're also talking about not knowing who else is going to be on the alliance to end Hulkamania. So that's going to be a treat later. 
Yeah. Actually, if Hulk Hogan had uh, brought his pet hamster along, he'd probably make Ric Flair job to it, wouldn't he? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. As long as Hulk Hogan gets to have most of the posing afterwards, heaven forbid he give the hamster the rub. God, no. So Arn has to do something with Ed Leslie here. Yeah. Ed Leslie with arseless tights. It was a different time. I still think he wears arseless tights around his own house now. (laughs) Uh, Arns decided that his old fail-safe routine of comedy selling is the best route to go here. And I have to agree tentatively with that decision. Definitely. I mean, you can't take this match too seriously after all. No, it's going to be the best approach here, I think. All credit where it's due, though, I do have to say that the booty man has got a spectacular mullet going on. Yeah, well, he's ne- he's never failed in the hair stakes, to be fair. At least during his active career. It's yeah. kind of assuring that if the man's going to spend half that time trying to shave your head, that at least he knows how to look after his own barnet. At least you're in safe hands. And uh, for our American listeners, barnet is a uh, cockney rhyming slang. Is it barnet fair hair? Is that what it is? You might be right there. It's it's also a non-league yeah. football club because they're struggling to get back in the football league. Yes. They can have Charlton spot also... when we get expelled. <laughs> I do also remember a great story about um, about a wrestler. I think it was Johnny Kincaid, an old British wrestler in the 70s, who um, uh, was a black wrestler who who dyed his hair from its natural colour to, to bright blonde. And the first night that he debuted this new hairstyle, the uh, MC announced him from New Barnet. And uh, Johnny Kincaid nearly pissed himself laughing in front of everybody. That does sound pretty cool. I can't believe he ripped off the natural butchered. <laughs> well before the natural butchered did it. This I can't believe the natural butchered ripped him off. <laughs> so uh, Arn Anson is now taking over on on the Booty Man. I mean, nothing spectacular, nothing that you need to be able to you know wrestle too well with, but yeah, elementary level stuff here. Yeah. But again, they've got a half-decent crowd here. Not not massively hot or anything, but considering the fact that they that they were still popping for the Steiners after that mess and they're rooting for the booty yeah. man here, they they've obviously got some uh unconditional enthusiasm. Uh. And Arn does that tremendous bump he takes where he comes off the middle rope for an axe handle, gets punched in the stomach and just flops, well, not flops, just whips himself right over onto his back. And now Booty Man's taken over. Bobby Hinden's talking on commentary about how uh, 
DDP has had to sell all of his possessions and his jewellery. Woman's getting the deadly high heel shoe ready. She is indeed. And the booty babe, the booty girl, Kimberly, has come out. Oh, she's going to hit the booty babe with the shoe. Booty man is coming out to uh, see what's going on here. And and as he's trying to uh, protect the booty babe, he gets blindsided by Arn Anderson. Oh, oh but he dear. connects with a high knee just as Arn comes in. And, and that's it. I thought it was a two count. It's a three count. Poor Arn Anderson. Poor old this poor is, hey, he had two wins on the trot against Hulk Hogan. He's got to pay that debt back somehow. Oh, man. Arn Anderson is a fucking saint. <laughs> <laughs> he is a saint. <laughs> oh, coming up, the Road Warriors. Are they heel? Are they babyface? Who knows? Who cares at this juncture? Oh, Nasty Boys against Legion of Doom Road Warriors. That's going to be uh, interesting. Yeah, that's the diplomatic term. Yeah. Oh, Sting v. Bobby Eaton. Yeah, I would watch that. Lex Luger and Brad Armstrong. I feel like we've got the short end of the the television. <laughs> Flair versus Pittman. What, Ric Flair trying to get a match out of Sergeant Craig Pittman? All right, listen here, you. Sergeant Craig is a yeah. treasure. Sergeant Craig was the wrestler no manager wanted to touch with a barge pole, if you remember from a few months back. But that's because of his physique, apparently. Oh, that's right. His physique showed that he didn't need a manager. That was a strange storyline. And again, the lion's share of that probably happened on Saturday night as well. Yeah, it didn't make sense at all. Here we go. Well, they're definitely acting like baby faces tonight, the Road Warriors. They're yeah. back in their red gear rather than their shitty blue gear. And they've got a very blatant rip-off of Iron Man's theme. Whereas last week mm. they had... Uh, the theme song they're more well known for in WCW era. Obviously, they did actually use Iron Man in the NWA, didn't they? But they when, did, they, when yeah. they made this Midnight's ripoff, when they made this Midnight's return, they had a uh, a non-ripoff tune, I think. Bischoff's still rattling on about um, Dennis Rodman. And Jerry Sachs is out here with a primary school chair. And he's either Brian dropped Nob's it got his or ribs. thrown it away. Yeah. Brian Nobbs got his uh, ribs all taped up. Either that or there was a problem with his top and he couldn't afford to get it redone. Because, you know, they're slobs. Yeah. Oh, Sags has his shoulder taped up as well. Yeah. Director's doing really good. He's basically missing pretty much everything. The chair is... The primary school chair is back. Yeah. Yeah, so Sags carried it out and then basically threw it 
all the way to the on other the side of ringside. Yeah. Well done, Sags. Oh, Sags shoulder first into the ring post. Oh, he just got slapped right in the face. Well, Jerry Sags just no sold Hawk, which I kind of like. Yeah. And we've now gone to a commercial break in the middle of a match. Why have we done this in the middle of the match? Come on, You've network. literally Sorry started out. the match a minute ago. You could have had the ad break. Oh, dear. And it's to try and get people to buy this shithouse pay-per-view <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Okay. That is WCW in a nutshell. Going for an ad break a minute into a match to advertise a shit pay-per-view that no one wants to see. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty par for the course, wasn't it? There's a How many times would you have a match start? Babyface fire, dive to the outside. We'll be back after this break. That's commonplace. But yeah, the goal of them to plug that pay-per-view. Oh, bad. <laughs> that was a bad bump. For knobs right across the ropes. That did not look like a good landing on those ropes. That's all I'm going to say. And bear in mind, they're steel cables as well. They're not even actual rope. Yeah. As that's going to be even less forgiving on the old gonads. Oh, here comes the primary school chair number two. Yep. Oh, an animal's selling it. Oh, this whole thing's a mess, isn't it? Oh, wow. He just hit him full pelt over the head. Oh! That chair that doesn't fold is not going to be comfortable. No. He just hit both nasty boys full pelt with it. Yeah. They don't... I, I've I've, I've had one of them hit, hit over me before, and they're, they're just... They feel weird. There's no give to them, and they don't quite hit you properly, and they're, they're weird. This is watchable in a car wreck manner. So far, at least. <laughs> it's a shame they're actually going into well, tag formula because I don't want to see these two in tag formula. Even no. even WWE five years before this had the sense to make their tag title match at SummerSlam 91. No DQ. Do you remember that? Mm. And that was pretty fun as a result, to be fair. Yeah. Oh, what's he trying to do? Something's not going well. Something's not cooperating there between Hulk and Nobs. Because that just all went to shit there. Uh, um, a nasty boys match going to shit. Who the funk it? Oh, Mean Gene's ill. He's got the flu. That's ah. why he's not here. So, so Bischoff saying best wishes to him. He's in bed with flu, and Bobby Heenan just says, "Oh, he's got the sniffles, <laughs> but not coronavirus." No. So, and well, the uh, the Road Warriors are dominating this one at the moment, which they should be because they're going into the title match. Is it a title uh, match uncensored? uncensored? I can't even remember. Oh, I don't I know. think the, it's just a non-title ta- street fight. The world's most boring street fight. For no stinking titles. <laughs> uh, 
I, I don't ever want to have to go back and watch Uncensored 96 again. But just referencing back to it with these watch-alongs, it really was an absolute brain fart, wasn't it? Well, it's all right. We'll get to relive some of it on next uh, the next time we do a Nitro watch-along. Yay! Oh, man, this match is just falling apart, isn't it? Was it ever together in the first place? Well, it's a very good question. I think it's safe <laughs> to say, from what we've seen of them on these Nitro watch-alongs, that the Road Warriors' best years were behind them at this stage. Yeah, and also that they had a lot of smoke and mirrors protecting them, even at their peak. And that the Nasty Boys... Don't get me wrong, 1990 maybe it would have been more interesting. Always Rick Steiner. And they're attacking the Nasty Boys. Yeah. And the Road Warriors. Or the Road Warriors attacking the Steiners. Animal again has the pad because Rick Steiner brought that out. Yeah, that pad which was um, not put with the rest of the equipment when uh, when they began. So don't tell me the Road Warriors still aren't heel. That's another tainted win. No, they just got cheered. Well, they're now... Hawk is now waffling both Steiner brothers with that chair, with the primary school chair. Scott Steiner looks unhappy because it's mucked his hair up. This is all such a mess. And they're portraying this three-way war, but at the pay-per-view, it's the Road Warriors against Sting and Booker T. Yeah, they're they're hyping up a match that isn't happening one week before the pay-per-view. At least the matches are every bit the mess that the booking is. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no, um, there's no interaction with Sting or Booker T. You know, the actual opponents. Oh, what, what a confusing mess. Uh, I'm just looking forward to the uh, synopsis you put of this episode on the, uh, <laughs> on the um, website myself. The, the one highlight of what should be a stellar loaded tag division is Lex Luger being a comedic genius. Who the fault it? <laughs> Well, I know what our picture's going to be, at least. It's going to be from that opening scene. Yeah, it Jimmy should, Hart shouldn't celebrating it? And speaking of confusing tag team matches we really don't want to have to watch, apparently the Tornado yeah. Tag Main event is coming up next. And I hate to break it to you, but we've still got 20 minutes of this show to go. Oh, fucking hell. How are we going to manage that? Are they going to hang well, around at the commentary minutes. booth for 10? Well, I was going to say, it's not going to be 10 minutes of actual wrestling because we've still got the angle at the end that we all know. I mean, we all know what happens at the end of this. Uh, As Hogan digs, digs into his past again. So, I'm of the belief, Dean... If we can get through the next 20 minutes, we can get through anything on a Nitro watch-along. And we thoroughly deserve all the mid-96 goodness coming our way. This is just the yep. label we have to we have to put forward to get to the goodness. And here comes woman, accompanied by two men who are going to wrestle. 
Yes. <laughs> One of whom is at this point in time her husband. Yeah. And it's worth saying, like, she woman was so good as a valet because obviously she, not only was she extremely good looking, but she had she had the heel snarl. You know, norm, normally the something that a big monster hill is is renowned for, but she knew how to look nasty. She just had and that she look also, on her not, face. Not like, only, yeah. Not not only did she have the snarl that you just talked about, she also had the smirk when things went to plan. Yeah. She she knew I how don't to think carry anyone had a better facially. smirk. Whereas yeah. Elizabeth, for instance, you know, it's interesting that they've moved her into the villainous side, but she still talks like a, a nice girl next door, and she looks like a nice girl next door. Mm. And she couldn't cheat to save her life. Hulk Hogan's <laughs> already no-selling. We're at eight seconds into this match. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if it's no tag formula, everyone in the ring at the same time, you might as well hulk up from the start. Well, I suppose if you're going to no sell, no sell at the beginning before you've taken any punishment. Oh, now yeah. he gets a thumb to the eye. Oh, he's back to no selling again. He's <laughs> he's put a St. Patrick's Day funny hat on Flair. Over his head. I thought it was a macho man hat. Oh, is it a macho man hat? Yeah. I think so. Yes. We've got Randy Savage's name on it, yes. I mean, it is also St. Patrick's Day the day before this, so that wasn't a, it was, that course, wasn't a bad yes. guess. There's someone else wearing one of those atrocities on their <laughs> head. Right, as opposed to... Jeez putting it by their feet on the floor, <laughs> which they would if it was Hulk Hogan exactly. merchandise. Yeah. Actually, I'm quite surprised that he decided to use Macho Man merchandise rather than his own. Mm. Very S- generous of the man. Yeah. Sullivan's brawling with Savage, meanwhile. Unfortunately, he's not dressed like an old lady. Can only wish. Never be as good. Yeah, it's all downhill from here, isn't it? Yeah. In fact, the only reason that Kevin Sullivan hasn't come on this podcast is because we insisted that he would only appear if he dressed as an old lady. Yep. Even though we are a podcast, he he has to assure us that on the other end of the phone, he's dressed as an old lady, or we would settle for an extra from Baywatch. We would settle for that. Yes. And Hogan is... uh, cornered Flair and he's just bitten him in the head for no apparent reason. This is just the the same old stuff you see every week from these and it just astounds me. The crowd is still digging it. It's the greatest hits, isn't it? Yeah. Which, uh, I don't know if you realise, is uh, an anagram of greatest shit. Wow. You you really did move those letters around, didn't you? Yep. Exactly, it's a very <laughs> cunning uh, anagram there. Cunning stunts, you could say. An yeah, anagram so, that. So has... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, am I right in thinking that Elizabeth hasn't been seen on TV since fucking up the tying Hulk Hogan's wrists up to the ring post gimmick? 
Yeah, she could. She couldn't even put a set of handcuffs on properly, which I think that was handcuffs. For yeah, for for a lot of male fans, it probably put a lot of them off of Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> probably moved woman above the fantasy stakes. The uh, primary school chair is really getting good airing tonight. Yeah, they, I mean the. The uh the thumbnail for this episode should be the chair, shouldn't it? Well, it's been the star of the show. <laughs> They're teasing Dennis Rodman will be uncensored, as if it could get any worse. Well, you see, again, this is WCW all over. They hype up someone who isn't going to be at one of their pay-per-views. And then when they have James Brown, as in James fucking Brown, (laughs) at one of their pay-per-views, they don't mention it. Or they make out that the guy who's telling you James Brown's going to be there is lying and that you shouldn't believe him. I maintain that that whole thing with everyone thinking Ernest Miller was just talking bollocks. It was a cool surprise, and I liked it. But yes, why not make some money out of it? I understand that. From a pure critical uh, perspective, I got a kick out of it. But commercially, it's dumb. I, I get that. Yeah. I think we said the exact same thing on the podcast, didn't we? Because it was likely, a feel-good yes. moment. But yeah, make some money out of it. So... um. Flair has got Savage in the uh, figure four. Hogan is working over uh, Sullivan. See, Hogan still can't do a proper figure four, and he can't even get his his right leg across the right place now. He doesn't even bother turning round. He just kind of twists the leg around his own leg. It's like the worst figure four ever. How, How worrying is it, Dean? that the match of the night has been the forfeit slash immediate count out. The 13 second match between Lex Luger and Loch Ness. That was literally just the referee counting to 10 and waving it off. Even the fucking referees no selling flair now. What's the (laughs) poor sod done to deserve that? Oh... This episode has been perversely entertaining. It's it's not been boring. I'll give it that. But we've just had a third Dennis Rodman reference or fourth Dennis Rodman reference from from Bischoff. Oh. And can I bear bear in mind that this is fifty six minutes long? That's like a reference every thirteen fourteen minutes. <laughs> Um, am I right in recalling that Hulk Hogan pretty much went on hiatus immediately after Uncensored? Is that right? Was it oh, straight God, after the pay-per-view? Because I'm just hoping that this, if that is the case, that will mean that this is the uh, last Nitro appearance of Red and Yellow Hulk Hogan for now. Because, Possibly. yes, he I, did make I, a comeback I, I... in 99. Usual Ric Flair muscle Hogan's flex, still no no, Hulk, Hulk, yeah. yeah, the usual. 
And the fans are, are encouraging this. They're popping for each one. Stop it, you fans. Flair flip all the way then, to the yeah, outside. Which is the second one he's done in, in this match. Oh, he's hit him low and the Hulk's actually sold it. This is just to set up the third oh. Hulk up, I think. Yeah. Rule of three. So we've gone split screen now. And uh, now we, we don't need to be split yeah. screen. <laughs> the the, the, the moment we go split screen, Sullivan throws Savage into the first screen. That was brilliant. Do you uh, do you remember when they did on that on that Booker T and Sting v Road Warriors match where they went split screen and kept fucking it up and it was basically you just got the same the same action from two different angles on your split screen. Yes, I think you're right, and it's funny that chronologically that's six days after this show. <laughs> yeah, so they got it right for Nitro, screwed it up for the pay per view. This match is still going on. I know. It's been going 10 minutes already. We've still got another nine minutes of this show to go. Well, they're building suspense over who's going to be on the Alliance to end Hulkamania team. And we've seen the thumbnail for this show already. So I'm guessing that's going to be the last 10 minutes of this show. Yeah. So this time Hogan sells the thumb to the eye. Oh, and it's the shoe. Woman's shoe straight across the head of Hogan. The only thing that can put Hulk Hogan down, apparently. Yeah. Oh, there's Hulk up number three. There it is. Hogan has the match. He has the match ball. He has the hat trick. But there's not that big a pop for that. I mean, some people are reacting. Well, it's the third Other fucking time he's done the it in aisle. a match. What do you expect? <laughs> true, very true. I was going to say people are looking down the aisle, and they're looking down the aisle because Arn Anderson's come out now. Obviously, another member of the Alliance to end Hulkamania. Who couldn't even beat the booty man, so I'm, I'm losing faith in this alliance by the minute. Yeah, but he, he beat Hogan twice in a, in a row. <laughs> And Arn has tripped up Hogan. And Arn is now, sorry, Hogan is now chasing after Arn. Brian Pillman. Brian Pillman's out there. With his uh, hotline all across his (laughs) T-shirt. Now, Pillman, this will be Pillman. This would be, oh, Pillman's now going for another one of the primary school chairs, which are all over this broadcast. And Sullivan just hit Pillman. and so Pillman the... just no sold it. Pillman hit Savage, and the chair leg hit the chair leg hit on. Oh, what a mess this is! I think we've had a DQ in a Texas tornado no disqualification <laughs> match. <laughs> that will set the tone nicely for uncensored, where they pull those sort of finishes on no DQ matches. Hogan so does Pillman not want to sell out, for anyone. No selling everything. Yeah, no, neither does Pillman. 
<laughs> Savage is launching into Pillman. Booty Man's here now. I don't know. Uh, I think Pillman's trying to make this look like a shoot. Anderson's waving for someone. Yeah. It's, and it's Zeus. The, the artist formerly known as Zeus, yeah. And, and the fat guy. Jesus Christ. Jeep Swenson. Look at those pectorals. There's Jeep Swenson who would be dead in two years' time. The the man they tried to label the final solution, bear in mind. Yeah. Yes, that's true. And then someone told them that's probably not a good idea. Yeah. And the baby faces are bailing. Why? I, what I don't understand is why has he got drawn on eyebrows? So we could afford at the uh, face paint shop. Oh, fair enough. Jeep Swanson had a little bit gangster. more money. Yeah. he uh, He's drawn a black outline around his moustache for some reason. You would think, Dean, if these two were mates, the Jeep would have at least thrown a couple of quid to the Z gangster so he could get a bit more face paint. Yeah. Oh, here's Flair. Now, surely it would have been better to have them laid out by the heels to to end Nitro, but you know yeah. that involves Hogan selling. Instead, to to have them not fight and to have the babyfaces bow, it's like they've done a role reversal. It's almost like done a double turn. Mm. And I know there's a whole thing, especially in '96. This was the uh, the advent of blurring the lines, but blurring the lines. Sorry, Vince Russo, but blurring lines is a stupid fucking idea. Here's Tony for some words. Oh, so Sullivan said we're going to, on last Saturday, they're going to play the last Trump card. You decided to bring your best friend into death row. Sullivan was after thieves, beggars, cutthroats, and low lives to end Hulkamania. So it's going to be eight in total, isn't it? And there'll also be Luger uh, and the Faces Not of Fear. That was it. Yeah, the Faces of Fear that were just chucked in there for no reason at all. Pillman, who decided to get the hell out of Dodge. Oh, are we done yet? Almost, almost. The size of Jeep Swenson. Ric Flair just keeps yelling, do something about it over and over again. Has Z Gangster got two different coloured eyes? Has he, is he like full Bowie? Maybe that's why he can't afford more face paint. Oh. Oh, poor Arn Anson has got to try and make a promo about this. Apparently, apparently, You're right, he's a saint, isn't he? 
He is. Apparently, they took his unbeaten record on Monday nights. I didn't realise he was unbeaten on Nitro. Yeah, probably wasn't. Arn Anson brings the finesse, and these guys obviously bring the unadulterated violence. Nice. The thing is, did did anyone, did anyone buying this pay per view, think for a moment that the baby faces were in danger of losing? Yeah, um, Sullivan just made. Given a how the whole thing's been built up. Sorry. I was going to say he made a he made a reference to the history between Hogan and Zeus, which is basically telling people to know about their competitors. (laughs) This is uh, Flair's fourth stint on the mic in this entire promo, (laughs) and everyone knows that Ric Flair can cut great promos, but this is one of them situations where he's just ranting and raving. He's referenced Elizabeth yep. to Savage. <laughs> but he's writing and raving, and Arn Anson and Kevin Sullivan have brought the the attempted coherence to this. What I like is on the subtitles there, at one point during Flair's promo, it just said, indistinct. It's like, yeah, we don't know what the fuck he's on about either. And I think the dog is dressed as a cowboy or a sheriff or something, by the way. Yeah, we are so sorry, faithful listeners, that we didn't provide an update on that. But Yeah, I mean, normally <laughs> we go straight into it, but we had a cold open with uh, Giant and Loch Ness. Match of the night, cold open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be my intro, basically. <laughs> So it looks like the only person who thinks that Hogan and Savage are in danger is Bobby Heenan. Yeah, and there's still people who think when he said whose side is Hogan on at Bachelor Beach 96, that he blew it. No, he was completely in character. Read my piece on that on hookedonwrestling.co.uk. <laughs> uh, and on that note, Nitro closes. And uh, we, well, we have. I was going to say it's the go home before, um, before the pay per view. But obviously, at this time, the go home is still Saturday night, really, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. But the good news is, is from a watch long perspective, um, we are done with the whole uncensored '96 thing. We've covered the pay per view years ago. We've gone. We, we we are going past it on the watch alongs. We can now put that behind us. And if it's tr- if I've got my memory correct, if it truly is Hulk Hogan's hiatus beginning now until he shows up and turns heel, maybe we can really start to enjoy these again. Because I've got to be honest, that was a car, and it was a in hindsight, it was that a, was a thumbs a, down, wasn't it? Yeah, in hindsight, it was a a watchable car wreck. It's perversely entertaining. But imagine choosing to watch that over a competitor. Imagine an episode of NXT or AEW being that bad when you're watching it well, as it, week by week when it's meant to be the new yeah. current product. Imagine that. Well, talking of the competition, over on Raw for that week, we had David Boy Smith v. Jake Roberts 
Fatu v Gold Dust, Diesel v Barry Horowitz in a quick squash, and the main event was Bret Hart and Tatonka. So nothing special, but nothing bad either. Yeah, and when the match of the night on a four-match card is a immediate count-out forfeiture, uh, you know you're in yeah. some bad territory there. Yeah. Um, next week on Nitro, we have three championships up for grabs, Ooh. presumably because they weren't defended on the uh, pay-per-view. <laughs> um, but we've got um, Conan defends the WCW United States title against Mr. JL. Um, we have Sting and Luger defending the tag titles. Of course, the, the street fight match isn't a tag isn't a title match because Sting and Luger are the tag champs and Luger isn't in the match. So Sting and Luger defend the tag belts against the American males and Ric Flair defends the world title against the Giant. So um, some big matches there. Um, and we also have a match that I'll be very interested to watch uh, between Randy Savage and uh, as he's called here, the Belfast Bruiser, Dave Fit Finley. Do you know what? That'd be interesting. And and you laugh at me for this, but this is one of the things I think I said. You know, I, I watched a, a fair chunk, everything I could on a Saturday afternoon of early WCW in the early nineties. Uh, the Nitro era wasn't easy for me to keep up with as it was running, but I do remember watching for for. For whatever the situation was, I'm guessing it might have been on Bravo at this point. But the episode that's coming up next, I'm pretty sure I did watch on Bravo at the time. So I remember, oh, okay. I remember Belfast Bruiser and Macho Man, and I I think I remember that main event ending in a bit of a schmoz. Let's just spoil it now and say that the on off 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 on uh, relationship between uh, the Dungeon of Doom and the Horseman is about to go off. So. Okay. <laughs> and um, I hate to break it to you, by the way, but Hogan is back on the 1st of April edition of Nitro, so uh, we haven't got rid of him just yet. Not yet, but we, we, we're getting close. We're edging closer, because obviously, yeah, we, the Bash at the Beach was July, June, July 96? Yeah. July 96. July. And, um, yeah, he'd been gone... He'd been gone by that point. Um, but yeah, Hogan, I'm just looking over some some results. And yeah, Hogan is definitely, um, in fact, he's more, more than just as he, he, is a, he is around. And I think he's going to be pretty unbearable. All right, we'll get through it. We'll do this together, Dean. We'll do this together. <laughs> we, will, we will get through it. As uh, Daniel Beddingfield's once sang, we've got to get through this. <laughs> Right, well, that brings this episode to an end, I guess. Thank you ever so much for taking the time and trouble to download us. Please do give us a follow on social media. We are on Twitter, at BecauseWCW. We're on Facebook.com forward slash BecauseWCW. If you download us on uh, iTunes or anywhere where you can rate and review us, please do so. Five-star reviews are very much appreciated. Uh, You can see our entire back catalogue at becausewcw.podbean.com and you can also find our latest episodes along with those of our friends on hookedonwrestling.co.uk just want to say I know it's nothing to do with WCW directly but we lost one of the greatest wrestlers of all time Mark Rollable Rocco this week and I can quite quite just 
definitely say if it wasn't for the contribution that Mark Rollable Rocco made to wrestling, the luchadors that we saw, the, the junior heavyweights that we saw over the years in WCW may not have uh, been around. He really did open doors and change styles uh, around the world. Uh, and I had the pleasure of meeting him on two occasions and he was an absolute gentleman. So uh, rest in peace to one of the genuine best wrestlers of all time, Mark Rollable Rocco. Right, on behalf of my my uh, colleague Liam Happ, this is me, the Twisted Genius, saying thank you so much for downloading this episode. We'll see you very shortly for another Because WW. Until then, I'll see you ringside.